Consulting is running a series of podcasts during which we hear about careers and backgrounds for some of the world's most successful technology leaders. Today, we are talking with Emma O'Brien, founder and CEO at Enbridge Consulting. Good morning, Emma. Thank you for taking the time to talk to, talk to me today. Good morning, Sam. Uh, let's kick off. Um, you've enjoyed a long, successful career within the technology industry over the past 20 years, starting with EC Harris and now running Enbridge Consulting. Can you describe the highlights of your career? The highlights of my career? Um, well, they've, 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 there's just been so many, really. Uh, I think, first of all, um, I've met some fantastic people, some very talented people along my way. Um, that's been that's been fantastic. Um, Certainly, I've visited places that I would never have gone. I mean, particularly if I look back at in my in my career at EC Harris and then my early days of starting up Enbridge Consulting, I was so fortunate to be able to to visit places um, overseas that I, I would never have probably chosen to go personally. So I've I've visited some absolutely fantastic places. Um, I've loved working as part of a team, and I think that's uh, you know that's probably been there's been many highlights where we've worked together as a team and we've delivered some great projects together. So um, I, there's been so many I, I probably can't list them, but I, I think probably the biggest highlight for me and probably one of the most unexpected highlights is just watching others grow and being part of others' personal development. Uh, certainly, we've had that both. I've, I've had that as, 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 as an employee um, whilst I was with uh, previous companies before Enbridge Consulting. But at Enbridge Consulting, we've had some really great examples of, of watching people just flourish um, and watching people progress in their own careers, uh, both within our own business and, and moving on as well. So lots of different highlights. I've been fortunate to, to meet lots of great people, go to lots of different places and just surrounding my, myself with, with, with people that have, have been able to progress in their own careers, really. That, really? Was a really, that was a really long answer, wasn't it? No, it was perfect. <laughs> Great start. How long have you got? That's <laughs> absolutely perfect. It was spot on. What are the main challenges you currently face at Enbridge? COVID. <laughs> I think that's probably, I would say that's probably on the, on the lips of many people who are running their own businesses right now. Um, that is definitely one of the biggest challenges and, and, and it's the changing circumstance of what we're having to, to face. And we've just, like many businesses, we're just thinking on our toes constantly, how can we adapt? And we're, we're doing a great job. Um, but yeah, it is challenging. And I think the biggest challenge isn't about how we can adapt and deliver services to our customers. It's really understanding the challenges of our customers, receiving those services, understanding the challenges of our own employees, you know, mental health. I'm so acutely aware of the mental health impact that COVID is having. And so trying to be creative in how we can support our own staff throughout this, this period, really, that, that no one's faced in our generation. So I, I think that's probably the biggest challenge that's happening right now for, for us in Enbridge. The other thing I think that is quite challenging is the speed of technology, the speed in which technology is changing and how we can always be on the forefront. How do we always ensure that we are up to date with, with what is happening out there? And, and technology is literally changing so quickly, what it can do, how it's delivered. 
So again, you know, we, we've got lots of different things that we put in place to ensure that we're always up to date and we share those changes with our customers. But but it, it's investment in time to get there. So that that is that is quite challenging as well. But but COVID is the biggest challenge. Now let's talk about you. Uh, what personal qualities do you possess that have enabled you to be successful working within the technology industry? I love technology. <laughs> I think you've got to love what you do. Um, there's no point in doing any job if you don't actually enjoy it. I'm, I'm intrigued with technology, so that helps uh, an awful lot. Um, I think the other thing is I've, I've, I've got a natural hunger to want to learn, and I, I, I always have done, you know, ever since... Ever since I can remember, you know, going back to my school days, I was always really inquisitive. You know, I was I was one of those strange children that was wanting more homework. I've got a real <laughs> hunger to, to learn. And so because I, I've had to feed that hunger to, to want to learn, I think that's enabled me to be inquisitive, you know, to want to understand, you know, more about technology and what it can do, do for people. Um, and I love thinking outside the box. I love challenging, you know, the status quo. Um, you know, I think some businesses are really happy to just follow and deliver services and, or develop products in a way that, you know, is proven. I really love to challenge the status quo. Um, I love to be able to think outside the box and think of how we can do things differently and what impact it has. Um, and I think all of that probably has helped us to, to create some some really great things at Enbridge that, that, I, that, that are now really benefiting our, our customers um, and feeding my own personal hunger, I think, to be able to just want to change the world. So I would say it's probably a love for tech and just a hunger to want to learn, really. So what motivates you and makes you want to get up in the morning? I love my job. I think that helps. Um, I, I really do enjoy what we do. Uh, I've, you know, I think it's it's probably my team that motivate me. Uh, you know, being part of that team and not wanting to let my team down in delivering what we what we want to do, um, that probably ensures that I do get up every day and I do <laughs> I do face the challenges of the day. And of course, like everybody, you have good days and you have bad days. But certainly, loving your job uh, and being loyal and having a loyal team around you, I, I think that really does you know does help. Brilliant. Thank you. Is there anything you'd wish you'd known when you first began your career? Lots. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, goodness, I think if, if, um, if when I first started out my career, if, if uh, somebody could share with me some of the highs and some of the lows that you're likely to go through when you're trying to start up your own business and build a team around you, I think I possibly could have got quite overwhelmed and not done it. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I, I think probably um, the big thing for me is work-life balance. Um, work-life balance for me is absolutely key and the importance of work-life balance. Uh, when I first started out, I worked around the clock constantly trying to probably, you know, um, look at that, you know, fulfill, I suppose, that, that hunger to want to learn and therefore not knowing when to stop. Um, as I've got older, um, and as I've understood the importance of work-life balance and, and how important that will be for me at work um, and also for my team, um, I probably could have progressed a lot quicker actually when I was younger rather than just trying to work around the clock. It, it doesn't necessarily work. Um, I think the other thing is don't ever be afraid to challenge. 
don't ever be afraid to, to challenge. If you've got new ideas, don't be afraid to share them because that's what's going to make the big difference. Um, and perhaps when you're first starting out, you're a bit afraid because everyone around you knows more or you think they know more. Um, and perhaps you're a little bit, you haven't got the confidence to challenge or you haven't got the confidence to share your ideas. Um, so I think if I had had the confidence or I'd perhaps had the support to be able to do that a lot earlier, that, that would have been good as well. What advice would you give someone starting their career within the technology industry? Read, immerse yourself in information. I probably should have done more reading when I was younger. Um, information's power, you know, knowing what's out there. Uh, and just be aware of what is happening. Don't get caught up in a bubble of, of what you're doing. Certainly, you know, understanding the wider market, even if it's slightly outside what your special interest is, it's really important to, to be able to understand what everyone else is doing or, you know, where the trends are, you know, what the impact is. Um, and I think the other real, uh, the really, the other really important aspect for me, Sam, as well, is technology is not everything. It's only the enabler. It's only enabler. So people are absolutely key to the success of technology being able to have an impact. So, you know, if, if there's anybody who is thinking about starting a career in technology, it's not about just about technology. It's about people. It's about process. So don't just get caught up in that. But yeah, I mean, I would say just read. Read and immerse yourself in information. Uh, that, that has got to be the, the biggest um, support that you're going to get. That's a really good answer. Thank you. Um, so now we're going to talk about recruitment. What are the key skills and personal qualities you look for when hiring staff? That's a great question. Um, so I'm, I'm a really strong believer that you can pull together a, um, a job spec and you can recruit for people to have the appropriate skills to be able to fulfill that job successfully. And there are probably many candidates that would be able to fulfill that, that job um, successfully. And whilst that is an important part of the selection process, you have to have confidence that that person does have the appropriate skills or qualifications to, to fulfill that job. The biggest and most important thing for me is, do they fit into the culture or will they fit into the culture for Enbridge? It is Enbridge the right place for them? And are they right for Enbridge? And it has to be a two-way fit. It's not a one-way fit. It's, it's got to be a two-way fit. So when we're actually kind of looking for people, um, the, the appropriate fit I'm looking for, really, within Enbridge is innovation, a passion to be part of something that is going to grow, a want to be part of that journey. Um, and not everybody wants that. Not, not everybody wants to, to join a small business and, you know, perhaps have to roll their sleeves up and get involved in, you know, different aspects of the business because we are uh, an SME effectively, you know, and we, we do need to have people that fit into the team and, and want to be part of that team and, and actually really get a kick for, for, for being part of something great and being part of that journey. So having the appropriate fit for, for our culture um, and we place a lot of emphasis on that we've even got a whole book of behaviors that we've written which talks about what we're going to do for our staff and what we're, we're expecting from our staff as well it's a it's a two-way contract when you join Enbridge Consulting and that's really what we try to 
to get to the bottom of when we're going through a selection process and we're very open and very transparent that it's it's not for everybody and and that's absolutely fine what do you think will be the key employment challenges faced by the next generation of employee i i wouldn't want to be starting out my career right now i i feel i really do feel for, for the younger generation that, that are looking to come out and, and actually start their career, well, particularly at the moment with the unemployment challenges that we're just about to go through. Um, it's work experience, I think, Sam. It, it's real work experience. I, I was having this conversation only yesterday with some friends, actually. It, you know, the work experience opportunities for, for young people now are, are not like they used to be. You know, when I was younger, I, I had a, a newspaper round, you know, I used to wash people's cars, you know, I was able to, to get a job when I was 16 in McDonald's and, you know, there was much more opportunity, it felt like, for young people to be able to establish good work experience. And university wasn't for everybody, you know, it, it was only for some people. You know, now, you know, everyone's just expected to go to university or that's how it feels, you know, and I'm a strong believer of apprenticeships and other routes. University is appropriate for some people, but not all people. But there just isn't enough work experience opportunities, I don't feel, for, for all of the young people that need that. So, so how do they differentiate themselves? You know, how there are going to be so many people where, I mean, we get it, there's so many CVs hitting your table and they've all got degrees. and there's really very little to differentiate themselves unless they've got good work experience. So, I, I mean, I say to my own children, I've got three children myself, the minute that you can get to work, you need to get to work because something's got to differentiate you when you're starting out on that journey to get employment. So, um, I think it's going to be, it's just tough for them, isn't it? You know, it's really tough. Uh, and I felt that when we were younger, when I was younger, certainly, I just, we had more opportunity to, to go out there and get jobs. Yeah, at least that's how it feels like, you know. So they, so they're going to have to feel, feel, think creatively, aren't they, about how do we differentiate ourselves to, to be able to be attracted to that next employer? Yeah, I mean, I'm the same as you. I had a paper round, and then I started at Sainsbury's when I was 15. Yeah, yeah, and and, they, and all of those um, work experience. I mean, I, I did babysit. I've I worked in a bar. I mean, you name it. I've been there. I've done it. Uh, but I think all of those experiences make you much more employable. They make you much more employable and they give you referenceability. So, you know, young, there's just not enough, you know, there's just not enough jobs out there. And, and also, you know, we seem to be um, restricting through, through health, and, health and safety regulations. We seem to be restricting the youngsters from getting jobs. I mean, I know in our own business, we've had, um, we've had under 18 apprenticeships. Um, so I understand the health and safety obligations that you've got to go through. You get a, a, someone under 16, their insurance doesn't cover it quite a lot of the time. So, so, so employers are just not even offering these things now. So um, I think it's a real challenge for them. But certainly with my own, my own children, I'm just going to be trying to encourage them to get out there and just do whatever they can. So outside of the office, what yeah. are your interests and how do you relax? So I've got three children. Um, so I've got my daughter's 14, um, I've got my son, I've got two sons, 11 and 7. So certainly they take up a lot of time. <laughs> so there's a, there's a real juggling. So my weekends are generally just taken up in, in kind of doing some, some hopefully fun stuff with the kids and trying to fit that in. Um, but in terms of how do I relax, I've, I'm, I've, I'm part of a, a fitness group. So. I've got an absolutely fantastic personal trainer 
uh, TMG Fitness uh, and Tanya, who, who runs that, she's inspirational and she's absolutely fantastic. And throughout the whole of the lockdown period, even, she's put on loads of online classes. You might have seen, actually, Sam, we, we were doing the Enbridge Online Fitness just to help our own team during lockdown. And she was great and she was doing these lunchtime classes. Um, but she does them every day. Every I don't know how I don't know where she gets her, her energy from, to be honest with you. But she does them every day, and so every night I'm 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 logging in via Zoom and doing some sort of online fitness class with Tanya, and and quite often at the weekend as well. Um, that helps me, you know, wind down. I mean, it certainly helps my own mental health, and I'm I'm a strong advocate for that. Um, between but so between my my, my children, my family, uh, and and Tanya, it keeps me sane. <laughs> A busy lady. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Um, we have spoken um, a bit about COVID. Obviously, we can't avoid the subject. What do you think will be its impact on the global economy during the upcoming years? Please, if I had the answer for that, I think I'd be making quite a lot of money, wouldn't I? Um, it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be a really slow recovery, Sam. I, I, I think, you know, we're, we're only at the start of this, aren't we, really, in terms of the impact that it's going to have. Um, on the on the global economy, um, and I think it's going to take us years to recover. I mean, I, I I wouldn't even like to hazard a guess how long it's going to take us to recover. Uh, and you know what's what's going to happen is those businesses that are able to adapt and change the way they sell products or deliver services and really think outside the box, they're going to be the ones that survive. But the businesses that are just waiting for this to be over. Um, to get back to some sort of normal or what they perceive to be normal, they're the, they're going to be the ones that are going to really suffer, I think, because we're not we're not going to go back to a, nor, a new normal very quickly. Um, and I think there's well, there's already a lot of casualties, isn't there? We we can see them in the news almost every day. It feels like so it's going to be a long ride, I think, Sam. Uh, and I think as business owners and uh, you know leaders that that are responsible for ensuring that we keep our our people employed. You know, we've got to adapt. We've got to think in a different way. Um, and we've got to probably do that for quite a long time, I think. That was my last question for today. Emma, thank you so much for contributing. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me to, to take part in this. Um, it's been great talking to you.